Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's playoff time, and the road to Vegas goes through San Francisco and Baltimore. Bet Online is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines with everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props. Head to Bet Online today to stay updated on all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Dog Check. I am Max Loeb. Loeb's leads here with Eric Metcalf after the AFC and NFC Championship games. Two wild wild games i went over two on the picks you went one for one for two how about that ravens game that was incredible like we just talked about like they they did everything wrong everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong and they still almost won it was crazy right and it was it was a good game and, and kansas city had a, a, a very good defensive scheme for lamar yeah and and the offense and what they were trying to do only thing i would say is that they failed to run the ball Yes. I mean, they, what they had 16 runs and five of them were scrambles from him. And so that's yeah. 11, 11 more runs that they had throughout the course of the game. I mean, we just watched Buffalo gassed him for 180 plus yards. Right. And so I'm like, Baltimore is a run first team. Why are you not doing the thing that got you? There? And it, it was just so frustrating to me for me to watch that and for them to sit back and try to throw every pass. And they can say they were behind, but so what? Frisco gets behind and never stops them from running the ball, mm-hmm. right? And so I thought they didn't stay true to who they were, and that's why they were in the predicament that they were in and, and didn't, didn't have a chance to win. Yeah, it sounds like the the Browns at the like the first third of the year when they were barely running the ball, right? We kept saying you got to run the ball more, especially in certain situations, and they weren't. And you're right, like they were down, but it wasn't like they were down by 20 points. They weren't down by as much as San Francisco was down by. The game never truly felt out of reach for the Ravens until the last pick in the end zone uh, to Isaiah Likely. That was the only time like I felt like, okay, the game's over. That was really the only time. And even then, the Okay, we're back. I'll take. I'll, we'll cut that out. But yeah, it was it was that third and long to Marquez Valdez Scantling that that put the game away. Like it, it never truly felt out of reach, which was the craziest part to me because I and I was sitting there watching the game. Like we both thought the Ravens would win, and pretty handily too. It's just it was crazy to see that offensive performance from a team that had run the ball so well during the year, had run the ball so much during the year as well going against a defense that just got gashed on the on the ground without Willie Gay as well, one of their best linebackers, and they just kept throwing the ball. It, it was crazy. Good defensive game plan by Steve Spagnuolo and the Chiefs, though. You were right about that 100%. I mean, it's, it's, it's a good defensive scheme if you're not doing what you're, what you're used to doing as far as the yeah. Baltimore Ravens, right? I mean, when we're talking about the passing game, well, all they did differently was they, they dropped a bunch of people in coverage and left the spy for Lamar. So there was really nowhere to throw it. Right. They, they got pretty much uh, they got good pressure. And so he was standing back there forever trying to decide, do I run or do I do I not run? Because 
knowing there's a spy. And so, and people talk about he didn't do, he didn't play well, but he played just like Purdy for the for the most part. Purdy just had some lucky breaks. Purdy made some runs, made some runs in that game, but they're not playing for him to run. Yeah. So it makes it is is different. So Lamar, the way people approach Lamar as a quarterback defensively is different than they approach every other quarterback. Even even those that do run from time to time, they don't treat it like they treat him because yeah. he's more of a, a running back when he when he takes out front of the ball. I just like I said, I when it, when I when it's all said and done, I get I get mad at how they did not run the ball. And you know it's 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 something that we talked about with the Browns throughout the course of the year. We always talk about running the ball. If you look at the playoff teams going into these games, Baltimore run the ball. Kansas City was running the ball. 49ers run the ball. Detroit ran the ball. Green Bay ran the ball. Buffalo ran the ball. Right? All these teams that were in the playoff and, and trying to make a strong push were running the football. And that's playoff football. And so when you're not doing, when you're not running the ball, it, it makes it hard on you, especially when that's your bread and butter. Yeah. I just, I don't understand that. I, I don't get it either. I don't get it either. And it was very similar, the game plan, at least very similar to what the Browns employed the second time around when like the Browns actually had a starting quarterback um, against Baltimore. Like you said, they sat back, they put a spy on Lamar and it's not like you're forcing Lamar to go make a lot of throws to beat you. Like they're, like you said, if you're dropping all those people in coverage and zone and you have a spy, there's literally almost only so much space on the field to physically throw the ball into. So it's not like, right. Oh, you know, Lamar, Lamar is a bad passer. The interception in the middle of the field, like we talked about. Yes. Like that was, that was a bad pass. He missed some throws, quarterbacks missed throws. But I think the whole notion of Lamar was really bad. It was kind of an overstatement. Like I thought they schemed them up really well, but the, but the interception also should have been a pass interference. Yeah. That should have been a pass interference call. And so there were some calls also that, you know, these guys were taunting the entire game. They were taunting mm-hmm. back and forth the entire game. But now you want to decide to call a, a taunting on, on Zay Flowers. I mean, you, he has to know as a as a player in that situation, yeah. you can't stand over the guy and spin the ball. But for the most part, they've been letting it go the entire game because there was yep. tussles off there almost every play. And I think, and I, and, and that was one of those things. At that, at that moment, I thought Baltimore would still win the game. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and even even after because that fumble, that that killed, and they were going to be behind. But I still thought they were going to win the game at that point. Mm-hmm. And, and then, uh, unfortunately, you know, Patrick Mahomes at the end of the game does what he does. He can that's why I say you can never count number fifteen out. He does what he does. He gets uh, VSG. Uh, his Cantley down there, and you know, makes the play to, to seal the game. But Baltimore yeah. still had a, a fighting chance. Absolutely, and Baltimore's defense played lights out in the second half too. Like they were struggling the first half. Travis Kelsey had an unbelievable first half, but they found answers. They kind of shut him down a little bit. They stopped the run a little bit better. Yeah, their their defense gave him chance after chance after chance. Just. It couldn't convert. Sometimes that's how it goes. And obviously when you're as inefficient as the Ravens were in the red zone, it's going to be hard to win games regardless of how many points the other team scores against your defense. But yeah, it's, it was a fascinating game. Definitely interesting to see what the Ravens do in the off season. Some good news for Browns fans. You understand there are two head coaching openings available right now, right? You have the commanders and you have the Seahawks, Mike McDonald, Todd Munkin, 
both names that are getting thrown around for both of those teams. The Ravens could lose one of, if not both of their coordinators. Almost half of their roster is unrestricted free agents. Justin Matabike is a big one. The Ravens will likely pay him. I think they'd be stupid not to, to be honest with you. But they pay him. They can't pay everybody else. You got guys like Clowney. You got guys like Gus Edwards is going to be a free agent. Patrick Queen is going to be a free agent. Like this Ravens team could look very different next year. And if you're the Browns, I don't know. It's just it's it's something to to take with a grain of salt, but definitely something to think about. There's there's things that are going to change this Ravens team next year. It won't be the same Ravens. It, they won't be, but they always find a way. It just, yeah. it, it, just it just seems like Ozzie Newsome and those guys in the in the front office figure it out. Yeah, because they're always even if they lose guys, they're getting guys who can fill those spots and play just like the guys who just left. And it, yeah. it always works out. So I don't, you know, when when you look at the Ravens from from the Browns standpoint, if you look at the Ravens, I don't think that's something you need to worry about. I think it's from the Browns standpoint, it's worried about taking care of your house. And if you do that, then you have a, a chance to compete with them, just as we saw during the course of this year when everybody was out there playing good football, we went into to Baltimore and, and won the game. And so mm-hmm. we take care of our business, meaning through the draft, uh, free agency, whatever we do as far as getting this team in order, then, then you have a chance to compete for the division title. Yeah, absolutely. And they will 100% have a chance to compete for the division title. And while we're on that topic, the Browns are making moves on the coaching end as well. They bring in Ken Dorsey as their offensive coordinator. Deuce Staley as their running backs coach was a new hire since the last time we talked as well. What do you think of those two moves? Well, you know, it's it's kind of weird, especially when you're talking about guys who've been fired, right? Yeah. It, it, it's kind of weird, but, but, but you can say that Ken Dorsey – People are saying say that he is one of the reasons that Josh Allen became Josh Allen, you know, because mm-hmm. because when, when he first started, everybody's like, "Oh, this he, this guy isn't worth that pick." Mm-hmm. Jim Dorsey comes, he starts lighting it up and becoming the uh, perennial All Pro like he has been, and so you know that's that's one thing I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to is like him helping Deshaun because he's been a player, he knows how it is out there. And sometimes that makes a difference. You know, the ear, the, the voice in the ear is differently is different when it's coming from somebody who's actually done it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so so I think that that'll be big for Deshaun or whoever's playing quarterback uh, during the course of the season. I mean, they, they they had some some good years where they were putting up lots of points, moving the ball all over the field. Uh many guys touching it and, and, and scoring touchdowns. And so he he did some good things. While he was at, at at Buffalo, I don't. I mean, I, of course, we don't know what the reasoning was for him being released, but he did some good things, and so hopefully, we can br- he can bring that momentum to the Browns. Now, when when we're talking about that, does he does he call plays? Does he yeah. have input? Does, or or is it just a title? That's something that we don't know. And so, looking forward, we're hoping that even if Stefanski does call the plays, we'll, he'll let someone like Ken Dorsey who's been through a lot and both as a player uh, as a quarterbacks coach and a coordinator have some input to to make it a little easier on our offense yeah I completely agree I think the most fascinating part of this is who is going to call plays because that that's a big debate it's a big talking point right I think one of the more interesting points of view is Kevin Stefanski potentially just wanting to get that off of his plate I don't know how much of a real thing that is, but 
it's a big responsibility to consistently call plays. And maybe there isn't the perfect marriage between his play calling and Deshaun Watson's play style. And maybe, like you said, a fresh voice coming in could help Deshaun Watson. I think the the clear cut reasoning for this hire is the pass game. Deshaun Watson. Even you look at the the Bills offense before Ken Dorsey got fired this season, significantly better throwing the ball. It was where Joe Brady came in as a Bills offensive coordinator. They ran the ball better, but significantly better throwing the ball the past couple of years with Ken Dorsey as their offensive coordinator. Really, really good attack through the air really effectively. Obviously, Stefan Diggs had a huge, huge breakout year the first year with Dable, the second year with Dorsey, and obviously last year as well. Diggs had a good first half of the year. That's another thing where I look at guys like Amari Cooper. Maybe they find new ways for David Njoku to get the ball. That production, I think, is going to be really good. Honestly, more comparable to the second half of this past season with the Cleveland Browns with Joe Flacco. They were throwing the ball a bit more there. How he will use Nick Chubb is another thing I'm fascinated with because he's been a guy who's not necessarily completely committed to a backfield by committee. And I think, again, you know, the Bills never really had that workhorse guy like Nick Chubb, but I'm fascinated to see how does he use Nick Chubb? Does he put Nick Chubb in in different situations? Are there other guys like Jerome Ford, Pierre Strong, whoever it may be that are going to come in and have a specific role outside of Chubb? That That is another thing I'm really fascinated by. Yeah, and, and, I, and I get that. You know, and when we're talking about the running game with Ken Dorsey, we know that he implemented run, uh, quarterback runs with yes. with Josh Allen. So he knows how to do that in in through his scheme. He knows how to implement that and and marry marry that to his passing game and his run game. So we we've never really had some a coach or or coordinator who who knew what they were really doing with that in that respect. We just it's like here's Deshaun, do something with him. Yeah. Right. But but you know what his skill set is. Now you have an OC who knows how to use those sort of skills who can put yep. those in the game plan and be successful with it as well as still throwing the ball and running the ball with your running backs. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point too, because even before Josh Allen, I believe the last quarterback he was with was Cam Newton. So you have some also familiarity there. That That's a really interesting way to look at it because you look at the offense that Alex Van Pelt had these past couple of years. It, it was an offense that was at least foundationally placed with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield was the guy before Deshaun Watson. And obviously Baker is not the same threat on the ground that Deshaun Watson is. So that's a really, really fresh perspective to bring somebody in who maybe is more familiar with the quarterback run game as well. What about the running back coaching change? What do you think about that? Obviously, you know, you get rid of Stump Mitchell, you're bringing Deuce Staley. Like I I think when I think of well-renowned known running backs coaches, those are the two guys that come to my mind. What do you think? I, I, I as well. I do as well. And, and I, you know, uh, Deuce has done a very good job wherever he's been, you know, yeah. in, in Philly and Carolina and all over. He, he's done a, a great job with his running backs as, as well as been you know, head coach and an assistant head coach in yeah. some places. So, so the air that comes, so the words that come from his mouth are a little different also when we're talking about just a position coach. He's not just a position coach. He's been a guy who's actually been able to be, Part, partly leading a team. I mean, when he was interim, like I said, in Philly, he had to be the, the head coach for a little little while. He's been assistant head coach at a couple of stops. And so his voice will be different when when people are uh, – when he's speaking and people are listening to him. I, I think uh, when you're talking about Stefanski, it's, it's another voice that a guy who's actually been there 
do you do you listen to him? Do you yeah. really consider what he has to give you as far as advice and how we should game plan things? And and so I think when you have Ken Dorsey and Deuce Staley and you and you couple them with the fancy, I think if everybody gets in there, gets in the room, puts their head together, this can work out fine. Yeah. If if everybody is on the same page. We have to be on the same page and everybody has to be in it for the same reasons, right? And if we do that with the players that we have, they can score lots of points and move the ball like we would hope they would. Absolutely. And I think it's going to be really nice that the Browns are getting ahead of these hires, right? It's January uh, 30th today. They're getting everything they can done to ensure a seamless transition within the offseason. So when you're bringing in free agents, the staff is set. There are no question marks there. As you go go through spring meetings, as you go through OTAs and everything of that nature in the spring, there's no, I guess, ambiguity between what you think the coaching staff is going to look like now and what it will look like come the first week of September. That's really, really nice for players to see, I think, as well. And obviously, as you bring in an offensive coordinator, you start to figure out the offense, helping Deshaun Watson and those guys get familiar as soon as possible is a really good thing. As you look at the Ken Dorsey hire, I'm curious your thoughts on this. Does this sway you one way or another about Flacco? If he's staying or if he's going? No, I, I, I think, I, I, I mean, I think you bring in someone like Ken Dorsey in the offense that he has run. I think that more so pushes Flacco out. Yeah, right? I'm with because, you. Yeah. Because it's, it's not the kind of offense he's run. He hasn't, he's not really running offenses with a straight drop back quarterback. Yeah. Right. It, it's, he's got, he's had guys who also run. So RPOs, things like that. And so I think, I think that's what he, he brings to the table. And so, it, you know, but, you, but you never know because when the situation comes about and we hope it doesn't. Yeah. You, you have to be, you have to be prepared with someone who's, who's, who's a veteran who can go out there and make plays just as Joe Flacco did this year. And we appreciated that. It was okay. just, it was just either we're going to throw it deep, or we're going to run it a couple times and, and see if we can beat them. And, and, and that obviously didn't work in, in the playoffs. So we, we need to get to a situation right now where we know exactly who we are. We go into the, we go into the OTAs and all season and all that, knowing exactly who we are and with an intent on this is how we're going to run our, our offense. And that's why I think what you were saying about getting ahead of all these hires – by hiring a running back coach and hiring um, uh, an OC, these guys can get in the room. They can get in these offices with Stefanski and bring their stuff in there, right? This is yep. what we did in Buffalo. This is what we did in Carolina or Philly. And everybody put it up on the board and see what we like and, and work from there. You know, see how that how that gels with, with Bill Callahan and how he's uh, coaching the line play. See how that gels with Stefanski really wants to do with his scheme and and, and and the offense. See see what these guys have done. Let's just try to put it together and 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 get the best product we can moving forward. Yeah, I I am excited to say the least to see the direction this offense goes. I think it's tailoring to the quarterback that you paid above all else. It's a moment or a, a philosophy we've kind of been waiting for for the past couple of years because. Deshaun Watson was brought in and it's not like there was no help around him or no infrastructure around him, but the, the offense schematically had to adapt to him almost instead of now you have 
two entities like coming together and fusing an offense that's going to be as good as it possibly can for his skill set and what this offense believes. And like you talked about, and I and I towards the offseason, I'm not sure if you saw all of this. I think it was on Deshaun Watson's podcast where he was trying to recruit T. Higgins to come to the Browns. Obviously, the the Clemson familiarity, and I was seeing some things on Twitter this morning, T. Higgins following a couple different Browns players. The cap space is an issue for the Cleveland Browns, but if they could work it out, what would that mean move for this team? Or what would that move mean for this team, excuse me? That, he's, 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 he's electric when he's on the field. He's yeah. one of these receivers that can make plays. If he wasn't on the same team as Jamar Chase, he would be the guy. Yeah. Right? But he was on the same team as Jamar Chase, and so he's 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 Robin and not, and not Batman. Yeah. And so I think he's one of those guys who could be a superstar if given the opportunity. And so when you're talking about Deshaun recruiting someone like him, if there was an opportunity, I think that's a, that's a spot that we have to get better at anyway. So if he can, if there's a chance you can get him, you got to shoot your shot. And and people talk about, Oh, we have to, we are trying to make all these concessions and get, we have to get all these people around Deshaun Watson to to win games. Doesn't everyone have to do that? I mean, that's that's what you do in order to win games. You get the best players you can. That's yeah. who usually wins the games. I mean, no one talks about that when we're talking about Brock Purdy. He's got Christian McCaffrey. He's got Debo Samuels. He's got George Kittle, right? He's got Brandon yeah. Ayuk. Nobody says anything about that, yeah. right? No one says anything about that. That's okay. But when we're talking about Deshaun Watson, we're trying to get better players for him. It's an issue, and I don't understand that because that's how you win games. You have the best football players you can have, and they go out there and work together for for the common goal of winning. Absolutely. And I think unless your name is Patrick Mahomes, you probably need guys around you to be that good. And even in his case, he's got Travis Kelsey. But, yeah, I'm I'm with you. There is definitely extents to to where you need these playmakers – I, I am 100% with you on the whole thing about T. Higgins being Robin and not Batman. If he was on a lot of these teams in the NFL, he would be a clear-cut number one. I think there'd be a more respect and more praise given to the talent that he has. So who knows? Maybe if that does happen, if there's an outside chance of that happening, it'd be really cool to see. Um, he would be a stud here. And I think Deshaun Watson would trust him enough to just throw him the ball in one-on-one coverage. And I think we've seen that enough with Amari Cooper too, but – just trust him the ball, go get it, one-on-one coverage. It, it would be a beautiful thing. However, the Browns are able to work that out financially. I don't know. That's a question above my pay grade for sure. I would love to see it, though. I think a lot of Browns fans would. It probably mean a sacrifice somewhere else on the roster. I don't know who that would be, but a casualty there for an addition to T. Higgins would uh, it be worth it, in my opinion. I mean, if you're sacrificing to get better, what, what's the issue? Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't understand why that's an issue. I mean, I've been traded because teams thought they were getting better, even though mm-hmm. I knew they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> I've been traded. So it happens to everybody, you know. Yeah. And so if, if, if a team is not working to be better, then they're not doing their job. Yeah. Right? And so if, if you can, you have the, the, the chance to get a player like a T Higgins and you can work it out logistically, if you, can, you can work it out then you, you got to take your chance, right? Because yeah. the goal is to win football games. And you don't usually do that with, with, with lesser players. Yeah. You have to have 
good players and, and go out there and, and, and play good football. Absolutely. And I think that kind of traces back to the Browns upgraded quarterback, right? They were good with Baker Mayfield. They felt like they could get better and they went and got Deshaun Watson. Obviously it's a very different scenario with the timing and the talent and everything like that financially, but it, they, they're not afraid to upgrade on the good that they already have. And I think seeing that as a fan is refreshing for sure, but it, it, it does you give you like realism in this hope of potentially adding another star player because you know it's happened before. You've seen these upgrades before. And I, if that happens again, like we talk about this team is good enough to win the AFC North, undoubtedly, that becomes even more real. And I, again, I'm going to be fascinated to see what these other AFC North teams do because I, it seems like the Browns are in the best spot right now to go up and everybody else is kind of falling a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's gonna, it's, I think it's still going to be a tough division. I mean, you know, yeah. Joe Burrow be back healthy. Uh, we, we don't know what's going to happen with their receiving core and their, and their their free agents, so we don't know how that goes. Pittsburgh, they're always Pittsburgh. Yeah. So, you know, they, they might not be – right now might not be the best team in the division, but they're going to be a very competitive team and give themselves a chance. Yes. Baltimore lose a lot of people, but they somehow always figure it out. And so they'll be there uh, in, in the running as well. So, like I said, the Browns have a chance. It's just a matter of keeping key pieces, getting some more pieces, and, and going out there and executing. And, yeah. I, and that execution starts now. It starts, like we said, we're putting that offense together exactly how – designing it exactly how they want for Deshaun and all the playmakers that we do have and those that we are hoping to get. Right. Yes. And, so, and so, and so that's, that's, I think, and, and if you do that, I, I think that they're trending out for sure. Nobody, nobody wants to play the Browns if they play like they did during the course of this past year. Yes. Granted, you take out the playoff game during the course of this year, people were scared to death of the Browns. And so we just have to maintain that momentum and, and, and go get it. Absolutely. That is the best way to put it. Maintain the momentum build on the the foundation that you've set this past year and continue to get better because I think the Browns on paper will get better. That staff puts in work this offseason, makes the best offense and defense possible. They will get better there. And you put it all together with the talent the Browns have on this roster. It could be something very, very special. I'm very excited. We will save our Super Bowl thoughts and predictions for the next episode. Unfortunately, we do have this dead week between the conference championships and the Super Bowl where there are no games and I don't know about you, but I probably won't be watching much of the Pro Bowl. I will not be watching yeah. the Pro Bowl. I don't. Exactly. I can't remember the last time I've actually watched the Pro Bowl. Is is that a Pro Bowl, or is that just some guys uh, hanging around at the at the family picnic? It, it's it's probably a mix of the both. A mix of the two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the skill the skills competition was like a nice addition, but it's also like it it takes away from the seriousness of the Pro Bowl. Like I don't know, it's it's definitely not the same as the All Star Weekend in the NBA. But yeah, I'm with you, and probably will not be watching the actual game. That's for sure. I think when I saw Sam Dunn, we're talking about the Pro Bowl guys nowadays. They just want the title. Yeah, you know, and 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 I and I get it because now as you're playing an extra game. And, and going to playoffs and things like that, and you just lost, who wants to play another game of no. football, really? Yeah. So, I, so I get it. So just I, that's what I say. Just give them the title and, and have a big old party and let's get on yeah. about our business. 
exactly. I, I am 100% with you, and I'm sure those guys would appreciate it as well. But we will see you guys next time, this time the week before the Super Bowl. Next episode will be the week of the Super Bowl. We appreciate you guys watching and listening. Eric, any final words? Go Browns. Go Browns. This is the Dog Check presented by Bet Online. We'll see you next time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.